everybody to no bs with brian and susan it's june 30th it's hot as hell outside but that doesn't mean we're keeping it cool here on this podcast which susan it's our 46th podcast what do you think about that it's exciting (laughs) i feel like we have to do something very special for our 50th yeah 50th should be something special We'll, we'll gotta think about that but um, yeah, I'm excited because I'm I'm really excited to talk about The Bachelorette when we get into that, but mostly because I think Brian might have been more excited about watching it this season than me. Maybe. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe. We're going to get to that. Yes. Uh, that's our first thing uh, off off the docket. I mean, we have our main event, which is going to be fun. We're going to be talking about bar mitzvahs and sweet 16s. Which lines up with our pick for the blind watch called Safe Men. And of course, our honorable mentions. But of course, first, it's Bachelorette season. The new season of Bachelorette has started. You know, I mean, it feels like 10 years Susan has forced me to watch The Bachelor and Bachelorette. I, I right? love how he says I forced him. It was <laughs> his decision. <laughs> we, we, it started by me barely talking about it on the show. He said, I'm going to watch it. I think it was you and I doing this show Mm -hmm. and you wanting to talk about bachelor and bachelorette. Yeah. And I was like, well, I want to have a say in this and I want to tell Susan why she's wrong all the time. And then God damn it. I started to enjoy the show. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I remember the first time you watched it and it was, I I think it was a good season for you to jump into because it was Claire Crawley who was, um, special. Yeah. Hated (laughs) her. Yeah. She was, uh, that, Thank God she got cut short, <laughs> but yes, that was, um, that was a good one to get into. Cause I remember Brian being like, no, I'm dead serious. I love this. Like he was like <laughs> here for it. Like I'm here for this. I don't know what it was, but Brian enjoyed bachelorette talk way more than this is us. He just was not a fan of this is us, but no, no, it's all about bachelorette. So there's a new bachelorette season. I mean, it's uh it's here. So Susan is kind of like the the godmother of bachelor and bachelorette talk. So I mean <laughs> I know she I know she has things to say. I know I have things to say, Susan. What what what's happening? All right. So as we know from whenever last season ended, Mike Fleece, the creator, uh, was essentially fired, asked to step down, whatever you want to call it. Why? Why was he fired? I'm pretty sure it's because of the negative feedback he's been getting for the past couple seasons. There's been, you know, race talk still like that. Not even just even when they were trying to make more of a diverse cast, they still were not addressing the racism within the franchise and you know it got worse when uh the black lives matter like george floyd all that stuff that was even worse and then but like it really hit like a tipping point when rachel and matt like their whole thing (laughs) that was really bad um but you are still together, by the way. Just right, they're still together. They're still they together. probably had to like they probably liked each other, and he knew that she was cool and good to go. They probably just had a conversation about it, but they had to draw it out for the show, probably, right? So 
hundred percent that whole little like awkward exchange between them and like whatever was really weird you come to find out later like they were still like dating but they were like making it to seem like there was animosity there and yeah you know it's just the magic of producers and stuff and there's been a lot of backlash before you know last season was probably they needed that boost of going back to the basics and being about love because Zach mm-hmm. and Katie really salvaged that more so with the bachelor because the bachelor, these, they're just, they were not finding love. It was more about drama and bullying and everything. And that goes on the producer. It's how you choose to navigate the show. And they were not doing it the way that it was when it originally started. So, you know, they did a step in the right direction with Zach season and people really love Zach and Katie right now. I think they just, they still, I don't know. I think Mike Fleece just doesn't know what audience wants. I think he still cares more about drama. And I the point is they, they hired a woman instead. And maybe I think it would be better from a female perspective. I'm not sure. It's too early to tell. The only thing I, I did notice, because I was going to talk about the night one comparison First, did you notice anything different night one? Now I'm trying to think that from the previous seasons I've seen, uh, it, I mean, it seemed to go by a little faster. Like it was more like it was not as drawn out and they didn't try to do any of the sillier, sillier things uh, minus one big thing that was so just fell flat. I thought, uh, which we'll get into, but I just feel like it flowed a little better. So totally agree with that. I noticed exactly that, that uh, the biggest edit difference when I texted you was that usually they would start with a bunch of videos of the contestants doing something silly and stupid. Mm -hmm. And we'd have to keep track of them and be like, okay, I guess we're going to see them later. Well, I love that instead we got like a quick introduction of charity. It didn't go forever. We didn't get any stupid like somebody like popping champagne and having it spill on them or whatever. I'm riding a cowboy, like something dumb. Instead, it was here's charity. We're going to go straight into the men. And then every so often when a man was coming out of the limo, then we got a flashback or whatever of a little package And it wasn't even then, it wasn't some silly package. It was just something to kind of explain who they were. It was just, you know, a guy, the scientist guy or something like that. And I thought that was way better to go about it like that. Um, And then I feel like they went straight into the conversations with Charity and the guys quicker too. I thought that there was more of that. There was more getting to know the guys night one and... I mean, I know we'll talk about it, but I actually didn't mind the undercover brother thing for a reason. I mean, still, <laughs> there is something that was horrible about it, but I, I'm i just so grateful he wasn't pretending to be a contestant because that was my fear. Right. Because you, I mean, that, I, that would have been really terrible yeah yeah that would have been gross if he had to like pretend to like like her and stuff like that so it was i was relieved when he was just pretending to be a bartender right i was like okay that's a that's much better but so and and bringing in her brother to to do that that's a lot better than like the season where tasha and caitlin were like 
just like sitting over there and talking about guys as they walk in and stupid stuff like that. Like I think, or like they planted, I feel like they've like planted that one, like uh, they found that guy's like folder of bachelor information. Right. That was crazy. That was horrible. I mean, that guy was weird, but that them doing that was pretty terrible. I'm like, you guys just broke into his room and looked through his stuff. Like what? This is, doesn't even make any sense. Um, yeah, that was, was obviously so staged but. right that had to be yeah i'm sure like he might have said something that he had that and the producer's like you should go in there and do this but yeah that didn't work out in his favor at all but the charity her brother dressing up like a bartender going undercover with a wig and a mustache you know i get like it's tv and that's part of it and i guess the goal was like oh maybe he's gonna be a fly on the wall and here if somebody's saying like, oh, I'm only here for social media. I'm, I, I don't like her. I just want to be on TV type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, the plan totally backfired on him, which was amazing. Well, I don't <laughs> backfired. There's, we'll get to that, but there is a point where clearly it doesn't matter. Charity's going to do what she wants to do. But I think I didn't mind it. The thing that whoever did the makeup should be fired because that mustache was the fakest thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't know how anyone would look at that and be like, that's real. Like, <laughs> well, like I'm, I'm thinking, cause like how often do you really look at a bartender in True. that situation? Like if you're with like 10 people, you just met and you're just like, yeah, I'm going to have a, a scotch and soda. You're yeah. not paying attention. And then you're turning around everything. There's cameras. But then one person after the undercover brother, her brother, <laughs> We start just asking crazy questions like wait i know you from somewhere yeah. like i can't yeah. place it but in life you're not you're not focusing on something like that for sure for sure and it's and another reason why it made sense to make him the bartender because a lot of times i mean you're in a house with 25 men and you're focused on charity like you're probably not going to pay too much attention to the bartender you're just going to be like here's my drink and and whatnot i mean he was trying to talk it up with them but i mean since we're just on it like i didn't mind it i'm glad it's it's done it did its part like and, and i i i do like that charity and her brother are close so i mean did, were, were you bothered by it i mean i don't think it needed to be there i think it went on a little too long that element of it i was just like eh, this is dumb and i was like oh god they're gonna seek him out and it's gonna be a whole thing and that's what i was hoping for uh, it got a little awkward to watch when somebody recognized him but yeah. i was like oh yeah he's gonna he, his plan is gonna be foiled <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah i thought it was okay i just you know yeah. I get, just cut to the chase with me you know Sure, sure. It, it, take it or leave it. I didn't mind it. And like I said, it was a better bit than some other stuff I've seen in the past. So I think that's why, by comparison, I appreciated that they went the route of bringing her brother in and doing that versus they could have created drama and tried to bring an ex. You know, when they said, like, we're bringing somebody you already know, they could have tried to bring an ex. They could have tried to make a mess of things. And, you know, that was fine. But, um, so, so far, what do you think? I know it's early, but what do you think of charity so far? I I don't know. Cause like first nights I, you don't get a lot. It, Cause there's, again, there's 26 people and you're just trying to introduce everybody yeah. charity. This, this one, I think 
you could tell she was nervous. Uh, And to be honest, it doesn't seem like she knows what she wants at the moment. I think she's like 26 guys. Oh my God. What's going on? 25. 25. Uh, And yeah, she just, I don't know. She's still kind of dry to me. So I, I'm waiting to see if there's an improvement. Interesting. I I agree it's early. It's hard to to just say for sure about her. I would agree she doesn't know what she wants yet. Doesn't mean that she won't figure out figure it out as she's um, you know, doing it. I do think Zach, you know, like in a long time, he was the most like knew what he wanted lead in a long like I mean I've it's been such a long time that I've seen a lead know exactly what they want to the point well he definitely knew what he didn't want maybe that's that's a better word Zach knew what he didn't want right he didn't put up with BS he didn't put up with drama he was like nope goodbye so I actually which he got like some backlash for that but I actually appreciated that about Zach um Charity like I said it's early I guess we'll see how she navigates the rest of the the season but um, she does come off very sweet. I, I like her. I think she has good intentions. I like that she's 27. I think that's a pretty good age for a lead. Um, I mean, they can be older, honestly. Uh, but uh, so far I like her. I just, I, I liked her already though. So that might be why I'm, I'm fine. But there is one thing that we'll talk about that I'm a little like worried about, but it doesn't, I'm not what are worried about. about what are you worried just about? The, the first impression rose how she, oh right we'll, well we'll get to that but okay. Um, okay so what do you think of her men as a whole so far all the men seem you know there's i like how they i, I love how like every fucking season there's an idiot named brayden <laughs> there hasn't been a braided i don't know there's always a braided you mean a different braided not the name braided no like yeah the name like there's a somebody in named braden i think no there's not i feel like every time there's somebody named braden in there i don't even okay brian i watch the show religiously i can't even think of another braden We'll go, I'll go back and look, but I feel like there's always something. But I think this this crop, I mean, so far, it seems like there's some nobodies, and then there's there's a pro wrestler, crazy, who was, you know, suplexing people and uh in the in the in the house. Uh it looks like there will be some drama and it looks like there's some really sweet people too. And then there's one wild card, really weird guy who could be the sweetest man in the world or the craziest serial killer in the world. I don't know which yet. But since you bring him up, I mean Spencer's on the list here. Well, you like him. I you do see- like Spencer. He's are unlike you- any contestant I've you- seen. But are you do you really like because I'm like, I feel bad. I feel like people, if you like him, like it almost is like people are liking to enjoy his awkwardness. I feel like people are liking him at his expense. I think I like him because he, he he feels genuine in that first episode, but he might like, I I think you and I text about it. He might be on the spectrum of autism or Asperger's or something. Like he doesn't seem like Mm -hmm. he has tics, but the way he talks and delivers, it's almost as he wants to say everything on his chest and he's trying so hard to be cool. And it just coming across like, Ooh, this is, this is really awkward and weird. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure when his audition tape came in, the producer was like, Jesus Christ, we have to have him on. And I hate that. I feel bad for him. 
hey, he wants to be on it and they're giving him a chance. He's probably excited. And so I'm I'm pulling for him right now. I, his 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 I, first his first show, his first episode. I think I want I just I hope he gets sent home next week um nicely, nicely, like because I don't want to see this guy just be constantly like made fun of. Like this is like I've already seen the memes. Like people are just I haven't seen anything yet. I sent you one. I oh, you, you did. One. You did. Yes, yeah. you did. You already responded. I was like, like, you know, they're already starting. They like that's what the common thing people are saying is that this dude's a serial killer. He's definitely killed at least three people, like all this stuff. And it's like, I agree. I think he might be on the spectrum. And this guy is just like socially awkward. He does I think he's a good dude. He's he's got a kid. Like, I don't want to see this guy get made fun of all season long. Like, that's what's gonna happen. I and- it might be. That's what they might have done that because of that, you know? Like, of course. Like, no, he's, this This is TV gold. This is TV gold. They want to milk him. And that's, I wouldn't even be surprised if they told Charity, like, just keep him. Just keep him another week. Like, he'll give the ratings. Like, people will enjoy feeling that. And and I, I think he's a good guy at heart. Um, but that's what's going to happen all season long is he's, uh, everyone's going to be like, Oh, what's Spencer going to do next? How is he going to be uncomfortable next? And it's like, that's not, I mean, unless some suddenly he's like completely like not cool. socially awkward, then great. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think that she's being really sweet to him and she can see he's probably a good person, but just like, she's just, that's not her one. That is not her guy. So, like, I would hope she'll cut him loose, especially because he has a kid. Yeah. Anytime these people have a kid, I'm like, if you know that's not your one, send him home. He's yeah, she she did not react favorably when he mentioned that. Like, she was like, oh, yeah, cool. Well, because she wasn't into him already. Like, right, she's right, like right. There's, this isn't, yeah. So I would say with him, I hope they just, yeah, that they that they give him one more week, give him his airtime and let him go. Um, but overall, I agree with you. I think she's got some forgettable guys, but she's also got um, a pretty decent group of guys that seem so far good hearted. And um, I'm very interested to get to know, but um, obviously there's one that particularly stands out who got the first impression rose and that's Brayden. Let's talk about Brayden. First of all, when you when you first met Brayden, I mean, did did that not, not scream red flags like douche, douche, douche? It so first seeing him, he he dresses in a way and he seems very charismatic and outgoing. Um, and with a slight hint of douchebaggery. <laughs> it's what I thought on the first impress or like like first seeing him walk out of the limo. I definitely hate his style is not my taste is his style. Like I. He wears long dangly earrings. Yep. Weird. It's, and he, I don't know. He has a style that you can tell it's a style that he thinks like, like he's peacocking or something like this is how I get it. (laughs) Look at me. And it's just like, uh, God. And he definitely, he has, he is very confident in himself. He's also feels very mature. He's only 24. And I just feel like, so basically, uh, Brayden, he kisses Charity. Not just kisses. They full on make out. 
make out. I mean, yeah, whatever. They they make out. And he is so excited. He goes to tell everybody, including the bartender. And I guess he's pretty confident that he's going to get the first impression rose and everything. And uh, Charity's brother lets her know that this is the, this was basically the one red flag was that this guy was overconfident. And, you know, she seems mad about it at first, but then... And I, I really can't blame her because I don't know if you agree with me, but I think the dude had a good explanation. No, like, so watching that, watching him make out. And so when, cause a lot of people kiss on there, but oh, yeah. Braden and Charity's kiss, their makeout session, it went on for a while. It's so much so that the other guys in the house watched it happen or were getting like weird about it. And so when that ended, when Braden went back to the bar to talk, he, he talked about kissing. He, he he was not like keeping it closed doors, but it almost seemed like he was hit with a magic spell from a witch. <laughs> and he uh, he went back and he was struck by this magic witch spell where he's like, I'm in love. And like, yeah. I need the I need I deserve the first impression <laughs> rose. And oh, my God, I, this is amazing. She's amazing. I'm in love. And it came off. To some people, maybe like, oh, that is super big ego. But to me, watching it, it was like he literally got shot by Cupid's arrow. And he he was just like, I'm in love. And he's frolicking. Yeah. Well, when I first watched it, I was like, oh, dude, calm down. And you are coming off like you never you never show those when guys do that. Sometimes it comes off like they're doing it to get in the other contestants heads and be like, yeah, like we have such a strong connection already. I'm going to get the first impression. And, but then when he explained it and, and I didn't though, I get a douchey vibe so far. I didn't get a rude vibe to the other guys. No. Cause she called them out. She pulled them out after her brother's like, this dude has a big ego. He's the red flag. She goes like, and she came into the guys like, I need to talk with somebody. I feel uncomfortable. She pulled Braden out. She's like, this is what my brother said. Yeah. Uh, he said this about you. And then he said, like, look, it's like, I really like you. I was so on cloud nine. I had to let everybody know. I did not want to keep that in. I wanted to let everybody. I'm so into you. And yeah. she was like, ooh. Right. And like, yeah. And, and, but the way, and most of the times I get annoyed with the lead and I'm like, you idiot. But when he explained it and there was something very genuine in his explanation. It just came off like I believed it. I was like, oh, you're saying it like that's a good way of putting it. You were just so excited from the kiss. You liked her so much that, that you just wanted you, you were screaming on top of the world because you just you're so into him. You're so into her. And so I can see from her perspective with that explanation that I would be flattered. I'd be like, oh, OK, that's a good way of putting it. And I'd be like, and clearly she already likes him. So if anything, it's validating because these leads, especially night one, they don't go in there feeling like, oh, everybody likes me. I don't know. There's very few leads that are that cocky, especially someone like Charity, who is probably a very humble person, isn't walking in there thinking all these men love me already. You know, they don't, she doesn't think that. So when she's have, she's crushing on Brayden already and he confirms that he felt the same way as her, I totally get why she kept him. I wouldn't have personally given him the first impression, Rose. I would have just kept him just because she, clearly she had strong connections with other guys. But the more time that's passed, I'm I'm not like upset that she gave him the first impression, Rose. I just, I don't think 
I don't think he's the one either. I think that not even as a bad guy, I just think that he is a player. I think that he naturally, like he's, he likes her, but he's also in it to win it. So he's going to be like, he's just somebody I hope she doesn't keep for, like, I hope he's not top four because I think she's got way better guys there that are more suited for marriage. Um, so that, that's my one concern. But at this point, I'm not like mad that she gave Brayden the first impression. First impression Rose. The funniest yeah. part of the whole first episode was that she gave him the first impression Rose. They walk back in. And the funniest part was the look on all the guys' faces because they were all so sure he was going the fuck home. Yeah. And they even were talking about it. It's like, he's going home. He's in trouble. He's in trouble. Trouble. Doesn't have a chance. (laughs) The look on them, like, it was so, it was like drizzling, so so sweet, like drizzling syrup on a pancake. Like, it was just (laughs) like, yes. I was so happy about that. Yeah. It was funny. It was like now going back, I kind of am like, uh, well, that's it's funny. And and to be honest, that that being the worst part of night one, Charity got lucky. Like, you know, she didn't have really drama night one. No, everybody was cool. Everybody um, was cool. So that was but with that, because I do think she has a lot of other great men, who would you have given your first impression, Rose, to? And who are the other men that you like so far? Just but okay. pick one, one for the first impression and then you can name the other guys you like. So I like, I'm trying to remember their name. So I just don't want to say the Asian guy, but I like the Asian guy. What's his you name? Like, you like John. Le John. Yes. I like John. That's his name, right? John. I think his name is John. I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. And I like... I like the pro wrestler just because I think I'm um, I'm biased. You just, you're you just like him. You don't. That's not. I mean, that's fine. You can like him, but that's not who you would actually give your first impression rose to, right? No, I think I would give it to John the first impression rose, mm-hmm. and the other guy I really like is the pro wrestler guy. And then I oh uh, I other uh, the so between the pro wrestler guy and the tall black dude Jotun Jotun Doton Doton. That's who I see in your next yeah. Yeah, th- those are <laughs> the tall <laughs> dude and the pro wrestler are my two go-tos right now with John being I wish he got the first impression rose. Okay, so I'm actually totally with you. John is my first impression rose. I, I found him attractive. I was like, ooh. And he just, I found him attractive. My, my people I always pick is the ones that give me the most normal, everyday, down-to-earth person. Like a person that I would meet in real life and just feel very chill with and that was the vibes i got from john so far obviously he could turn into a villain later who knows but that's who i would have given my first impression rose to um i like doton as well uh and i like the guy from hawaii i think his name is joey oh yeah yeah the guy from hawaii oh we'll see we'll see i mean it's cool we'll to live in hawaii, but yeah yeah he was a little like very insecure about being the short guy he's not even short it's just the guys that she has are really tall um so i did like him and uh there was a dude that brought like apple cider donuts and apple cider from home but the thing that i liked was the letter his mom wrote 
that was funny because you're just yeah that that was really personal and sweet but it's just like oh god well i when it first happened i was like oh this is not gonna land well at all but i liked what the mom wrote yeah and so i was like okay i just put myself in charity shoes i am a big family person i'm very close to my family and i love that in a like a partner for them to have a good family relationship so if i were to get that letter like two as well i'd be like wow i already feel like welcomed and so that would have been big bonus points so it wasn't i couldn't even tell you who that guy was but the letter impressed me um And, oh, there was a guy named Xavier that was the science person that they showed. Right. I liked him. There was something like he because he said it was something because his mom was sick or whatever. I thought that would that stood out to me. Aaron seems fine. Like he's fine. But I got vibes like a lot of people liked him right off the bat. My only worry is Aaron reminds me of a guy that could end up being more focused on like the drama or being like, like taking it too seriously. This is just first impression. Obviously he could be really fun and laid back, but I was like, because like, he, he he was like the narrator a lot of the first episode. Like he was talking a lot about Brayden and things like that. So it's just kind of like, mm, we'll see. We'll see how you focus on charity and if you have fun or if it's more serious. But um, overall, I, you know, that's a lot of great guys to choose from. So um, I'm really excited about this season. Are you looking forward to the rest? Yeah, of course. Always look forward to it. With some of these characters, like, I hope the pro wrestling shit comes out, you know, at some point (laughs) during the sports thing. I hope Spencer just gets weirder. I hope Doton comes out of the shell a little bit. And I hope Charity comes out of her shell a little bit. Um, So uh, I hope for the best, really. hope, And hopefully there's not going to be, you know, a bunch of bullshit with guys. Yeah tattling on other guys i mean it's good to a point but right right i i hope it yeah i'm I'm hoping it goes well and and smoothly and just uh i mean not smoothly we'd like the drama a little bit i just hope my my main thing is that we focus the main focus is the love stories and getting to know the contestants like we did last season sprinkled with some drama and fun right that needs to be the formula and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing, I'm keeping my eyes out for the differences with the new creator. Right. I noticed a little bit night one that were positive. So let's keep that going. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. First episode down, a few more to go. Yep, yep, yep. And hopefully Charity finds love. Always rooting for that. Right, so, of course, of course. So yeah, but take us to the main event. The main event. Oh my God, thank you for that Bachelorette talk. Mm-hmm. Susan's always wonderful when it comes to talking <laughs> bachelor and bachelor and really anything really <laughs> um Fun main event brian cares about it <laughs> yeah yeah again i'm forced to do this no he's not uh main event style our our blind watch was safe men and uh like the last 25 minutes of the movie takes place at a bar mitzvah at a, at a Jewish gangsters kids bar mitzvah. And it's really funny. So Susan came up with some good topics of uh, most memorable bar mitzvahs and sweet 16s, because, you know, if you're not Jewish, you usually don't get a bar bat mitzvah. So, so what is a bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah usually when you're when a Jewish kid is 13, 
they lead a service on Saturday for the congregation and it's their step into adulthood um, kind of thing. So and it takes like a year or two to prepare for because you got to learn how to read out of the Torah, which is reading Hebrew, but without vowels, which is much more difficult. So it's basically a memorization game. Uh, you write a speech, like you write a sermon, you, you lead the service, like you're the rabbi basically. And so at 13, you do this, you have your friends and family come and then you throw an epic party and bar and bat mitzvahs are very well known to be just as crazy as playing a wedding is playing a bar mitzvah, like from the invitations, the seating arrangements, the venues, the parties, the bands, the DJ, all of that. So my bar mitzvah was in 1994. I was 13. Uh, how old were you? When I in nineteen ninety four, I was six. You were six, so you're only <laughs> about six, seven years younger. Uh, yeah, I was thirteen. It was it was a lot of fun. So of course, my theme, uh, bar mitzvah. Can you guess? Wrestling. Nope. Movies. Yep. Oh, movies great. and the theater. I love that. So like my, it was, it was in the design district. Actually, the party was uptown design district and they rented this big warehouse and uh, it, it was really cool. They had like all these decor, like these like high end decorations of comedy and tragedy, like the smiley face and frowny face. Uh, my cakes, my big ass chocolate cakes were from Neiman Marcus and they were of the comedy and tragedy masks. I didn't uh, know that they did cakes at Neiman Marcus. They do. Uh, and so in the, the adults had like a, like a six course meal wow. buffet and the kids had like a Mexican food buffet. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause like, oh, like little 12 and 13 year olds were not yeah, like, not going to appreciate a six course meal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was cool. I didn't have a band, but I had a DJ. And so back in the, back in the early night, late eighties, early nineties, Susan, the the fucking jews had this one dj and most of the djs back then were white males with ponytails so just get a get a get a thing and so the main one was dj bill cody here in dallas i did not have him i had somebody else but he was equally awesome and having a party with kids you have to have stuff to do other than dance mostly so we had a headbanging contest we had a mummy wrapping contest where we had toilet paper and we were wrapping people and mummies and whoever looked like the best mummy at the end was cool. Wow. Um, we had a good time and it was, uh, you know, it's, it's very special and uh, you're just like, it's the party. So, but the coolest one back then um, it was for a girl named Sabrina and she, her family did a magical mystery tour around Dallas that chartered a bus that went around to all these crazy locations to do things for her party. And we ended up for dessert at the top of reunion tower. Wow. Uh, and it was, it was awesome. Like it was super cool. There was music. I, it was crazy. Um, nowadays, some 30 years later, uh, the kids these days with technology and social media and wanting to be an adult much faster. Mm-hmm. It is New York posh chic club night at these parties for 13 year olds and 
it's insane. So our um the nephew uh who had his bar mitzvah a couple years ago, his parents rented out um the Perot Museum for his Ooh. party and it was amazing. Yeah. Uh it was so good. And so like today a lot of kids like sushi and stuff like that and like a lot of nicer things and so there was stuff like that. Uh so the big DJ nowadays is so much better. Um so his name and he's booked out like 2 or 3 years in advance. You have to book him early, but his name is DJ P Love. Uh-huh. And he's like this big black dude who wears all white and he comes with like the flashy setup of a DJ booth. He has backup dancers that are like really cool that come out and like get people involved. Uh And he like him getting on the mic to a bunch of 12 and 13 year olds and going, yo, where my fellas at? Yo, where my ladies at? And I was like, Oh my God, where was this when (laughs) I was young and I'm just dying like, this is so great. And, you know, it's kind of like a lot of the, wow, wow, wow. We got the bur- we got the bar mitzvah boy here. We got all of this great stuff. And it was, uh, it was super fun. It's those, those parties. And, you know, you hear of like famous people's parties uh, for bar mitzvahs, like celebrities where like they get like a famous person to play or, you know, stuff like that. And that happens, but People spend a lot on bar and bat mitzvahs. And, you know, you think about it, it's like, yeah, at the time it seems cool, but like 13, I'm glad I did it. You know, it's a rite of passage kind of thing because you study a lot, you perform, and then you want to party. So, and at 13, you know, even at 13, 13, you're still, you're still growing up. So girls are starting to become a thing, you know? (laughs) Did you have a girl that you liked at your bar mitzvah? Goddamn, all of them. I liked all of them, Susan. (laughs) I was did so happy. And it's funny. A lot of them. <laughs> Hell yeah, I did. I got pictures of that. And then like some of the friends I had back then are still my friends today. And it's fun to go look at the, you know, the old VHS tape of it all. And see. was Warren there? No. So I didn't know Warren until I was 17. Oh, okay. So I uh, did not know Warren yet, oh. uh, but it's, it's fun to see. And then it's interesting. It's also kind of sentimental to see like from then to now, how many people have passed away mm. that were there that were family and friends as opposed to now, Yeah, but it was good. But, you know, during COVID when my parents were going through their house, they found like all of the bar mitzvah stuff, like the pictures and like the menus and, you know, uh, I had a magician at my bar mitzvah who wow. unbelievably great. Uh (laughs) um who's still around performing magic to this day in dallas um so it was a good time but now i'm curious so like i i know you didn't have a bat mitzvah but you you had a sweet 16 oh no i didn't i was gonna say it's like i went to one that's that's my thing i didn't have a sweet 16 i didn't do i honestly just hearing and seeing bar mitzvahs like in movies and just seeing it from other people i wish I knew somebody to be able to go to a bar mitzvah because I think that that seems awesome. Um, yours sounded really fun. But no, I didn't like even like ask for a sweet 16 or anything like that. Like I remember when I th- turned 13, that felt like a milestone. And when I turned 16, I just always had like my usual birthday parties, especially between like 13 through like high school or whatever, was my parents have a 
huge community pool. And I was a big fan of having, and my birthday's in July. So I always loved ordering pizza. My sister made a badass cake and I would just have it at a pool party with my friends, just like something, something chill about like 10 people or so. And, um, just that, that's all I really wanted. I didn't really, uh, I had awesome Chuck E. Cheese parties. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese, one time Discovery Zone, that kind of stuff. That was that was cool. Uh, but no, I wasn't ever into like, and I did I wasn't really big into having like a huge party for me. I like the smaller intimate thing so I could spend more quality time with people. Cause I hate having a birthday party and then not feeling like I could like talk to everybody. But don't get me wrong, I just uh, like it's still cool and all I went to a couple sweet 16s the one I remember the most was this one girl in high school uh she had I think it was embassy suites hotel um that she had it at uh, if I remember correctly and it was kind of a combination because she was Hispanic like she it wasn't she made like her quinceanera and sweet 16 kind of combined and she like it was so funny because she made everybody dress in black and white you could wear black and white, but she was the only one that was going to be dressed in color. And, um, and basically she, I remember it was a really fancy party. I can't remember food. I'm sure food was there. Cause I know she had a really badass cake, except that was the first time I tried fondant, which is the worst fondant. So there's a subreddit fondant called terrible. fondant hate. People hate fondant. It's gross. It's disgusting. It makes your cake dry and you don't want to eat fondant. Like, ew, it's so, that was when I learned I hated fondant. Um, but she had this, I mean, it was a beautiful cake, but what was funny was like, I mean, her party was super fun. It was like, uh, you know, tons of dancing. She had a band or I don't know if it was a band or a DJ. I think it was a band. It was a band. Um, and it was like, I felt like I was at a wedding. It was all decked out and she waited to come in people were partying before she came and then finally she made like her grand entrance and we're like (laughs) and she came in and i'll never forget like we were because we were on the like second floor and the uh the band was like all right jump 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 and we were jumping we caused a hole in the in the dance floor and we were on the second floor so they they were freaking out like 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 still remember like they're like back up back up because we could have just like fallen straight through oh god yeah and uh we had to go downstairs and that's where they served the cake and she was crying she's like oh my god my party's ruined it's ruined i was like everybody's like what are you talking about we partied so hard that we put a floor like a hole in the floor like we had to come down so like it's all good we were eating the cake and then just kind of i mean i guess it cut it short but uh it's definitely a memorable sweet situation. yeah you're still talking about it mm-hmm. yeah the the music at the time of 1994 that was real popular at the bar mitzvah was uh michael jackson's black or white from the dangerous album uh warren g's regulators <laughs> was really popular yeah <laughs> and offspring no self-esteem was really popular too all were played at the bar mitzvah um there was a lip-syncing contest there and then like a lot of these bar mitzvahs had like caricature drawing artists that you would do that stuff with 
Um, they would also have like button makers, like pin buttons that you can get your picture with and take your picture with t-shirts. You can take your picture and get printed on a t-shirt there while you're at the bar mitzvah or all sorts of stuff. So it was a good, it was a good time, you know, in like the stereotypical thing, you get lots of money for your bar mitzvah and you save oh. it backpacking through Europe, you know, and out of college. Right. What do you do with that money? Did you get a lot of money? Got a lot of money, put it all in savings and used it for college. Smart. Did you get enough for college? No, 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 no. No. So like a typical thing is like $18, but uh-huh. most people give more than $18, but sometimes they do like two things. So like, Oh, here's an $18 check. Cause it's like resembles high, which is life. Oh. Um, so it's 18, but then they give more money, stuff like that. So it's just, I mean, then there's a lot of people, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of that thing. And it's because let's go like a wedding. Uh-huh. You have, stuff you want for your house and stuff like that but for a 13 year old kid it's just like money basically right right you're just getting money so yeah you know it's 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 pretty funny like to a 13 year old kid you know in 1994 Mm -hmm. you know a couple grand is like a million (laughs) dollars oh yeah oh my god absolutely i think the most money i got was after i graduated high school is when i got close to around a couple thousand from everybody it was there and i was like (gasps) oh my god I'm rich like I I had a bank account so I was able to like put it in and I think that was the same thing I think my parents just let me like save it for savings but uh I was just like yeah that's probably when the first time I got like a lot of money like right and maybe since I'm the only child we always threw big parties and I always loved big parties birthdays and bar mitzvahs and graduation parties always did it up Mm-hmm. um because I, I remember my graduation party my parents had everybody over family and all the friends like they got they rented margarita machines like it was crazy mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it was a good time I still vividly remember stuff like that and then you know it was off to Kansas but uh yeah that's why I like throwing epic parties <laughs> very nice, very nice. themed parties so uh oh it's always good so moving that into our blind watch which was my pick yeah uh this turn and it was called safe men and safe men i I was going through and i was like what movies because again this blind watch gimmick we do on no bs Mm -hmm. is you know it's a hard mm, gimmick to do with two film critics because we've both see a lot of movies. Um, And so we try to do ones that we have both never seen and that can be difficult. So we really have to dig through the trenches to find stuff we really haven't seen. So, excuse me, I was going through and I was uh, going through, I was like, Safe Men, what the fuck is Safe Men? And this is a 1998 comedy movie that completely passed me by that was released pretty much almost to the day of this podcast, uh, August 7th, 1998. Um, it was directed by John Hamburg, who, you know, went along to write Meet the Parents and Zoolander, Meet the Pockers. He directed Along Came Polly. He directed the amazing uh, Paul Rudd movie, I Love You, Man. Uh, he's a good dude. Like, he's been around. So this was kind of like his first feature film that he did in 1998. And it's a very dry humor film very dry humor like think even drier than wes anderson uh about 
two friends who are in a band who basically play like retirement homes. Uh, they get mistaken for safe crackers, like people who try to crack safes and rob safes. And they're forced to be partners with this Jewish mafia guy. Uh, and it's like a misunderstanding from the get go. But I also think there's a big sweetness to it of like how they all kind of come together and like each other. Um, but yeah, it's very much like a Wes Anderson, like very not like visual style, but very dry. Maybe uh, the dialogue a little bit, sure. Right. And I I was like, okay, this will be fun. So after viewing it and watching it, we haven't mentioned who's in it because this cast is literally insane. It's basically everybody before they were really famous. Yeah. Uh but I enjoyed the movie for what it is. I think it might take a couple more times to watch and I'll watch it again because I really like the comedy, but I I think just like the subtle bits of humor in here really make it through. But Susan, I I know I pick weird movies, but what'd you think going in and watching it? I I was excited going in and I was like, Oh, this sounds interesting. But like very early on, I was like texting friends, like what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) What is happening in this movie? Like I zoned out. Like I was like, it wasn't, it didn't hook me right away. It kind of felt like, like it was just like chatting and not really like explaining very well. Uh, it picked up, it picked up. So it got a little bit better, but it was, it's very weird. It's a weird movie, which is why I do agree with Brian. There's, there's a Wes Anderson vibe to it, which I'm sure if you know, Wes Anderson stuff, like for me, it's hit or miss. Uh, it's very early West, like, like bottle rocket Wes Anderson, you know? Yeah. It's very, yeah. It's more like that where it's like, sometimes you're just kind of like, the way they're talking is weird. I mean, that's yeah. the way, that's like it's awkward. Way. Yeah, it's awkward. It's, awkward. It's, it's not the way people talk in everyday life. And it's just kind of like, so for me, when I see that kind of conversation style, I can sometimes just be like, huh? <laughs> like, what is being said right now? Um, especially if the story's not hooking me enough. It got a little better to where it was like, there was like, the, the humor is extremely dry. So sometimes it was a little funny, but... I, I think for me, what I enjoyed the most was seeing the cast. Like, if it wasn't for this crazy, like, super now famous cast, uh, I probably wouldn't have been as into it. But because I was like, oh, my God, this person, this person, and their babies, I was I was more into just the, the cast. It's, the cast, it, it's yeah. It's a very forgettable movie. It's a forgettable story. The story is just, like, whatever, really. It's, it's a cool anything. setup for a story. I just think yeah. John Hamburg's first thing that he did, because I mean, he went on to do Meet the Parents and like that yeah, comedy gold. But this was yeah. like his indie big feature. Um, and like, let, we're going to we're going to tell you who's in this movie right now. So Sam Rockwell, Steve Zahn, Michael Lerner, who Michael Lerner is, uh, you would recognize him for a bunch of a bunch of movies, but uh, he was in Barton Fink. He was in Elf. He was in Godzilla, 1998. But also Paul Giamatti, Mark Ruffalo, Harvey Furstein, Michael Showalter from Wet Hot American Summer and the director of Big Sick. 
uh, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> there's um, Eric uh, Bogosian. He's in this. It's there's so many people in this. And so what's weird, we're watching this movie and we're both watching Sam Rockwell. And we all think Sam Rockwell is like when he's on screen, he's like the coolest dude on screen. And in this movie, I don't know if it was his decision or John Hamburg's decision, but it was, I think they had a conversation that went something like, okay, Sam Rockwell, here's your character. You're a, you're a singer. You're going to be a safe cracker. You're kind of, uh, and we want you to model your character after Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber by yeah. look and by action. <laughs> I couldn't like unsee that. I felt like he was very much like smarter than him, but very much Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, dialed like, down. Like if Jim Carrey's an 11 in Dumb and Dumber, Sam Rockwell in here is maybe like a four or a five. Yeah. But it's like yeah. almost the same character visually right. and dialogue wise. Right. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and talking to you about that, you're just like, I can't unsee it. This is no, exactly right. well, especially his hair. Like I was like, this is that dude's haircut to a T. Um, but yeah, and, and which was again, it was fine. It was just, it was just so weird. And he has like a romance with the character in there that I just is so forced and random that I'm just like, I don't even care about it. Right. No, it, I think from its dry, it's dry dialogue. There's not, there's not the usual setup and punchline like there would be in one of those early Wes Anderson movies, you know, like he really found his pacing with Rushmore and more so with Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, oh my God, but, mm-hmm. but with Bottle Rocket, you'd kind of have to follow and f- seek out that subtle humor. Cause there's a lot of it um, in here. And so the Jewish mafia, he has a son uh, who's going to have a bar mitzvah. And the last 25 minutes plays out at a bar mitzvah while safes are being stolen, money's being stolen. But the the big Jewish mafia boss and his sidekick, Paul Giamatti, and Steve Zahn and, uh, and Sam Rockwell, they become friends. Like they're hugging each other. They're yeah. having a good time. And it ends with everybody dancing and singing. Like it was like a sweet kind of movie. And like the movie Safe Men, like uh-huh. the last piece of dialogue of the movie, I was like, oh, there it is. Yeah, that was the other thing. I know. And I, I know it was like a double like play on words here because they were saying like, now I finally felt safe. So it wasn't just the actual safe men that like crack and safes. There's also like, Oh, now he's safe with this woman or with people and stuff. And I'm just like, I guess, but tonally, like it didn't really like, uh, I didn't, it didn't earn that moment for me. I was kind of like, okay. okay, you know, it's like, all right, I guess we're that. I didn't realize that's what we were going with that. You're, you're feeling so unsafe, but <laughs> I feel like this movie will get better upon multiple viewings. And I, I think, think the humor will really come out in it. I think it's so, one of those. I mean, it could. The first time I watched Royal Tenenbaums, I hated it. Mm-hmm. Second, liked it. Now it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, no, it's so good. I feel the same way about Step Brothers. I hated Step Brothers the first time I watched it. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, okay. And the third time I was like, good God, this movie is like unbelievably good. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that movie. 
Well, I think the same thing happened when I first watched, uh, might've happened when I first watched Anchorman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Was it Anchorman? Yeah. Well, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate Anchorman. I just remember thinking I watched Anchorman and I was like, it's okay. But like the second time I watched Anchorman, I was dying laughing. So it's, I don't know. It, you you could be right. I, if I watched it again, maybe I would laugh again. I just, the story just really wasn't doing anything for me. But I think the part that really got us that we really liked was seeing ev- all of our favorite actors so young. Yeah. In one movie. Because just like, that dude. Because awesome. like they all went on to become big Marvel superheroes or yeah. movies or like Oscar one of the best. winners. Oscar winners. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Like, I just... Yeah, I just, uh, especially like Mark Ruffalo. I mean, even Steve Zahn. I was just like, these kids, they, they're, how, I, I have to look, I was like, how old is this movie? They look crazy young. But yeah, it was, uh, I, I, you know, I'm always happy when Brian doesn't pick like, you know, a crazy, scary horror that's going to make me pee my pants or, uh, or usually just not a Holocaust or war film. That's I've probably- picked one Holocaust movie. You picked like some like like depressing ass movies though too, which I was like I don't know. But you you've been I've been liking your choices more recently. Okay. So, yeah. You gotta keep you on your toes. I might pick a Holocaust movie. No, next time. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> <I> don't want it. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's good. So yeah, that's our blind watch. Uh, the movie is on Vudu. You can buy it and rent it basically wherever um, things are sold. It's crazy to me that this movie hasn't gotten a collector's release because I would love to see like a boutique home video come and restore this movie and then have everybody come back, you know, 20 years later and be like, yeah, this is where it all started. This dude directed i love you man meet the meet the parents but his first thing was with us and you know kind of have them talk about what that really meant to them you know being right. all together in this dry humor kind of before wes anderson was wes anderson so i think it was kind of a starting point and i thought that was pretty cool yeah yeah no, i agree that's a good point but yeah overall it was uh it, i think it's still worth watching to see the cast so. Right. Yeah, for sure. So that's our blind watch. It's called Safe Men. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, our last segment, of course, is our honorable mentions are what we like to suggest that you watch. And uh, let's start off with this movie that is on Netflix. And it's probably one of my favorite movies of the year so far. And it's called Extraction 2. I did not realize that you liked it that much. One of your favorites. Dude, so I liked Extraction 1. And so this stars Thor, Chris Hemsworth. And the first movie plays it kind of serious. There's some really cool action sequences. He's a mercenary saving a kid from a drug cartel and he's bringing him to a safe place and it all goes tits up, you know, and it ends with him kind of dying, but like during the credit sequence, he's still alive. So cut a couple years later, extraction two, and it kind of picks off, picks up right where that left off. He's, he's healing. And now he has to do another extraction from a gang in a prison with his family. So this, gang leader has his wife and his son living in prison with him. And so in order to get them out, he has to go into prison, take it out and 
like he's the leader of this crazy gang. So Extraction 2 surprised me. And I think it's one of the coolest scenes in cinema of recent of a 22 minute action scene that with no cuts, not just one location. It's so many locations all in one cut for 22 minutes. It's have you watched it? Yeah, well, that's why I put it on the thing. I put okay, the- what'd you think of it? Oh, I really liked it. So I agree. I I liked the first one quite a bit. I was surprised. I was like, I didn't think I would. It's not usually my favorite genre. But I was like, oh, yeah, I liked it. Because I, I actually liked his relationship with the kid. And then I did not, I, I was relieved to see that the second one was a totally different setting. Like, it was very, like, warish in the first one. Whereas uh-huh. this one... I prefer this one too because I like the setting more and I like the premise a little bit more. Um, but they're both great. I recommend people watch both of them. Uh, but this was this was a lot of fun. I was like so into the action. Like, and I they leaned into seat. the silliness almost yeah. a little bit, like to the '80s action style because it almost takes place. Well, once the extraction happens, it almost takes place over the course of a couple days or a day. Yeah. So it's like. By the time, like, the climax, you're like, oh, shit, we're at the final climactic battle, which is, like, in a high-rise building with helicopters mm-hmm. and missiles and, like, a fight scene on glass. Like, Yeah, no, 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 it was great. It was, it was really fun and exciting, and Chris Hemsworth is obviously always great. Uh, I like the woman that he plays on. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And the Thor was- cameo. And they made reference to some good Thor stuff. Did they? Heimdall. I don't know that. <laughs> what? Heimdall? Do you know who Heimdall is? No. So in Extraction, the movie Extraction 2, there's an actor in it from Thor, from the Thor movies. Oh. Do you not remember this? Who's the one from the Thor movies? Um, It is Idris Elba, who plays Heimdall, oh. who... Is okay, the guy I don't that, know his name. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. The one with the yeah, what you just the bridge, and they make like little subtle references to Thor of building bridges and or destroying oh, bridges. Oh, and I was I like, that happened in on. Thor. <laughs> I did not catch on. And I thought but that we, was great. And I'm they're going to be around for another one. And yeah, they are. This movie was, I mean, okay. So Extraction Two is a great rated R movie. And some of the death scenes in here are so good. Uh-huh. <laughs> like pitchforks through people's faces, people getting blown to bits. Yeah, there's some like some very intense things. The only thing I didn't care for was the annoying ass kid. That was the only so, thing. So yeah, the, the I kid, the kid I could not I didn't like this kid. I was like, Well, this kid you're not supposed to like like I get like you're supposed to like him at some point, but he's so yeah. torn. But you're just like, dude, kill that kid, you know, like shoot or him. Like, how stupid are you? Like yeah. you're literally watching your mom get abused by your dad. Like she doesn't want to be there. And you're over here thinking, like, oh, uh, but, but dad and family and all that stuff is like. Okay, so you want your mom to die? Is that what you're saying? Like, what? right? And he just does. So, he does so much stupid stuff throughout the movie that you're just like, dude, what? Extract. Yeah. yeah, extraction yeah. two is good. Watch it on yes. Netflix. It's Absolutely. great. Did you do any interviews for it? No, I didn't. No. I didn't ask for that. But I, I really, really, I, I liked it. I, I think it was a, it was a great, great, and, and it's, I think. 
quite a treat to have it on Netflix, like, and not have to watch it in theaters because it, it could easily, to me, be a successful box office movie. I mean, if I could see that 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 extraction scene in the IMAX, I would love it. But yeah. I mean, I'm glad it's on Netflix too. So mm-hmm. uh, see it on Netflix, Extraction Two. Um, yeah. uh, also, um, we watched Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny, which is out this weekend. There's your Holocaust uh, movie right there. Yeah, there it is. That's your Holocaust <laughs> movie. All Indiana Jones movies are basically Holocaust movies. It's all about Nazis trying to fuck over everybody. Yeah, they just they they love. I mean that that's that's what I love about this Indiana Jones. They just go back to the basics. Just hating on the Nazis. Always. Who doesn't hate the Nazis? I mean, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Dial of Destiny. You know, after the everybody did not like the Crystal, Crystal Skull. Two thousand eight. Yeah, 2008. So now we're back. Harrison Ford allegedly last hurrah for Indiana Jones. It takes place in 1969, which is the year of Woodstock. And it's great to see kind of like an aged uh, Indiana going back for one last ride and adventure. But I really liked what they did with this. I enjoyed the chase sequences. I enjoyed the fight scenes. And I think it came full circle with Indiana getting like the perfect sweetest send off. Agreed. of actually getting to be a part of history. I thought that was awesome. So uh, I yeah. really like that. Totally. I totally agree. And- I, I think if you're a fan of the franchise, this is the closure that we need because definitely didn't want to end on Crystal Skull. Right. And ha- not having Spielberg or George Lucas helm this and having James Mangold, the director of Logan, come in with this like it did a good job he paid homage to some great stuff and it looks great uh yeah i think i i enjoyed it i i would definitely say recommend going to it yeah agreed agreed um i do i think it's gonna do amazing at the box office no because i think younger generation are more into like the quick marvel or like spider-man they're not gonna go for this old school adventure type stuff so which is sad but it's great interested to see how it does at the box office but what i do think will probably do well at the box office is mission impossible um which is getting polarizing reviews mission impossible 7 some people really hate it some people really like it i am i'm on the side that i like it i think there's issues with it for sure Sure. Mainly it's dialogue, uh, but I I enjoyed this. It's a great Mission Impossible 7 movie. Mm-hmm. Um, even it's two hour and 40 minute runtime. I did not feel itching to go. I was like, yeah. oh, this is good. And uh-huh. some of the set pieces here, the action set pieces are amazing. Um, I, I love train sequences. So this summer with Indiana Jones and this one and even Extraction have great train sequences. Uh-huh. Um, so Mission Impossible 7, Tom Cruise still doing it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I liked it more than, I don't know, people really were just kind of like okay with it, but I actually thought it was one of my favorites. I thought it was fun. thought it was focused and simple and it wasn't so chaotic, which that's always something I, I complain about. I just don't like a whole lot of chaos um it definitely could have been shorter but i didn't mind the runtime as much but i i mean i would have easily they could have shortened some stuff uh there is a death i don't care for but um i mean i'm assuming the next one is the final one i mean how long can tom cruise do this 
He may keep going. Uh, I think his age is starting to show. Uh, so, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We, I, but I enjoyed it. So. Yeah. Yeah. We will see. We'll, we will see. I, I liked it. I think everybody will like it comes out in the two or three weeks or something. Yes. I believe it's July. Um, like mid July. Mid July. Like yeah. So, so check that out. Mm-hmm. Do that on the radar. And then, of course, Bachelorette. But then also, you watched the last season of the final season of Barry. I did. I did. Did you watch that show? I did. Did you watch all of it or just? I have it? not watched this most recent season. Okay. Well, I'd be curious to know what you think. Not my favorite. Not my favorite final season. It was definitely the worst of the The first two seasons are great. And then it kind of goes downhill. Uh, they take some weird turns. Uh, not. Definitely don't like how it ended, uh, but I don't, it's, it, I didn't hate the ending. I was just kind of like, eh, um, you know, finish it, go ahead and see what you think. But I think they could have done something different. A little better. Yeah. A lot of people like Barry, so. Yeah. I mean, I love the first two seasons, but, you know, season three was kind of foreshadowing that it wasn't going to end probably the way at least I wanted it to, but did you like season three? I did. Oh, okay. All right. I did. I like, I like Barry. Yeah. Um, other things are watching uh, platonic on Apple TV plus is great. Wonderful show with Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne. Um, and also the bears out on Hulu right now. Great TV show. Mm-hmm. Second season. Um, yeah. Really good. Uh, really good stuff out right now. So in the heat of summer, while you're, while you're not at the pool or barbecuing or enjoying fireworks, catch out some of those honorable mentions. For sure, for sure. And keep it here for Bachelorette news and analysis of who all we like. Um, yes. That's Susan over there. She is incredible. You can find her at ICTN doing all of the stories around town. You can see her film uh, critic hats on where she's talking about movies you can see her on wfaa talking about the movies of the summer on channel eight here in dallas fort worth you can see her at this chicksflicks.com and you can find her on instagram and twitter and youtube at this mm-hmm. chick this chicks flicks and susan steven susan kamyab stevens mm-hmm. yeah so there's there she is i'm brian kluger you can find me here, you can find me on the other shows, My Bloody Podcast and No BS with Brian and Susan. You can find me at HighDefDigest.com and BoomstickComics.com, YouTube, Brian Kluger, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. We love you, and we'll be back very soon. Love you guys. <laughs>